0: Good
1: morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us on today's episode, where you will learn about medical intuitives, where divine insight and medicine meet. My first guest is Wendy Coulter. She is a certified medical intuitive, certified energy healing practitioner, and certified transformational coach. Wendy Coulter is also the founder and CEO of The Practical Path, which presents educational programs in metaphysics, for professional and personal intuitive development. She also created an accredited certification program called medical intuitive training, which helps healthcare professionals fine tune their innate intuitive abilities and integrate them into their practice. Welcome, Wendy. Thanks for joining us on the show. Lisa, thank you for having me. It is it is a pleasure. This is something that <laughs> I have long been interested in. When I was in graduate school, my master's degree is in spiritual psychology, and we were Wonderful. given a, a textbook that really dove into this subject matter, but there was a lot less known and written about it at the time. So mm-hmm. when your name came across our desk, I was eager and excited to to have you on the show.
2: Well, thank you so much. It's a a burgeoning field. It's not a new field. There have been medical intuitives for decades, if not hundreds of years, but uh, it is now coming into more prominence in the medical field uh, because of the really the effectiveness and accuracy of medical intuition by trained medical intuitives.
1: So let's talk about what medical medical intuition really is and, and the benefit of the practice.
2: Yes. So what medical intuitives do, at least the ones that I work have trained and, and how I work, is we scan intuitively the physical body and the biofield. And we're looking for energetic imbalances that can correspond to illness, disease, and other kinds of imbalance, uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. And these sorts of imbalances that we discern really inform the healthcare process.
1: So somebody who has gone through a lot of medical testing, they feel like something's not right in their bodies, they themselves intuit that there's something wrong. They Mm -hmm. go through a series of conventional testing, nothing turns up. Is this a case where the doctor may turn to the intuitive to step in? Well, absolutely,
2: and that's how I've been working with doctors
1: for many, many years,
2: oh twenty years. I will get a call from a doctor who has a tough case, wants a consultation, and I'll take a look and see what I can discern now, I don't have a medical training i'm I don't have a medical background, so I do not diagnose I'm not licensed for that, but what I do is I assess and I evaluate the visuals that I see in someone's physical body and biofield. And the biofield, just for your listeners who may not have heard that word before, is the electromagnetic field that surrounds and permeates the human body. There's a lot of research on the biofield. You can call it the auric field, the chakra system. That's part of what I look at. But I'm also looking at the actual physical anatomy of the body, you know, just the inter- interior workings, the organs, the systems, etc. cetera.
1: So what does it look like when you do a consultation for a patient? The doctor might make the referral. The patient contacts you. Are they in your space? Are you Mm -hmm. with with them physically?
2: Well, I work remotely, meaning I can work by telephone, by Zoom, by Skype, etc., I don't need to be in the same physical proximity as the client or the patient. Some medical intuitives prefer to work directly with people in person. It's not necessary for the skill set. We have medical intuitives working in ER, in the ERs. We have medical intuitives working in clinics alongside doctors and often as referrals. One of the wonderful things about this skill is that it is remote. I have clients from all over the world. Mm. Uh, and so it, it makes it
1: um, very useful and user friendly. Let's talk about the difference between medical intuition and energy healing modalities, because they are mm-hmm. they're very separate and distinct.
2: They are separate and distinct and it is actually kind of a misunderstanding about what medical intuitives do versus what an energy healer would do. I am also an energy healer. I have a modality. Uh, There are many kinds of modalities out there including Reiki, Healing Touch, Pranic Healing and a zillion others (laughs) and they're all wonderful. And the point of an energy healing is to shift and clear and remove and whatnot Blocks in the energy system. That's the point of getting an energy healing is for uh, for you to go to someone who can actually affect the physical body or biofield using these energetic techniques. Medical intuition is an assessment. It's an overview. It's a specific detailed view, but it's an evaluation. We are not affecting the client's energy field or physical body in any way, shape, or form. And the, the value of that is that we are... As a medical intuitive, I'm able to get an overview of what's going on and a detailed view of what's going on so the best course of action can be discerned. In other words, there are many um, uh, energy healers and people with all kinds of modalities that notice that their clients or patients come back time and time again with the same issue and the energy uh, practice may be effective or it may not be effective, and that's kind of the bellwether there. With medical intuition, my job is to look and see what is stuck, why is it stuck, and how can it shift? <laughs> so it's a different perspective. I want to see what's going to really make the difference, and whether it's a Reiki treatment or a acupuncture treatment or whatever else, um, the body will tell me, uh, what's going what's going to be most effective for them? So this is a wonderful way to get a broader view of what's going on in the systems and how things can shift. Uh, Very often um, what keeps chronic issues in place is a lack of permission somewhere in the energy field to shift and change and that's a much bigger conversation but it it really informs what a medical intuitive
1: can look at. Can you give an example of that? Is there a case that comes to mind that um, is illustrative of what you just shared?
2: absolutely I actually have many many case reports I can share but the one I like to share for people who've never really heard of medical intuition before uh, is a fairly simple case but it, it really outlines the process you ask me what it looks like when I look at someone's energy field or their physical body when I'm looking at a physical body it's very much like looking at a functional MRI I see the workings of the body I see the organs I see the all the systems down to the cellular level and the other part of it is like looking at a, a little movie of someone's life. I'm also looking at the life history, what brought them to this physical imbalance. Mm. So, it, it's a quite a broad view and a very detailed uh, look. So, the the case report I'd love to share with you um, was a wonderful woman in her mid-40s, a very successful businesswoman who had had a persistent case of wrist tendonitis. Now, Um, her experience of this was that it came out of the blue. She had no idea how it showed up. It just kind of one day it was there. And she'd had it for about a month and nothing was working. And now tendinitis is tricky. Tendinitis can stick around a long time, especially in the wrist, if you're moving your wrist all the time. But she wanted me to take a look at it because she felt that nothing was really working out for her and she wanted some answers. So when I looked at her wrist with medical intuition, again, I can see things as if I'm looking at an MRI, right? So I saw the inflamed tendons in the wrist just looked like a lot of inflammation in there. I also saw underneath those tendons uh, uh, what looked like a healed bone scar in the bone of the wrist. It looked fairly old. And that was what was going on physically. I also saw around the wrist this what looked kind of like a cloud of heavy emotion, heartbreak, and sorrow and grief. Now, the next thing I look at is this sort of little movie of someone's life, and it's the body that shows it to me. The body has these stored memories. So in her wrist, what I saw was an image of her around 20-something years old. She was playing tennis with her boyfriend. She swung her racket. She tripped and fell and broke her wrist, and that was where that bone scar came from, that fracture. The next, yeah, and the next thing I saw was her in the hospital room. Uh, getting her wrist taped up and her boyfriend breaking up with her right there in the ER. Now, what her wrist was communicating was that it was holding on to this, you know, over 20 years ago, this impact, not only the physical fracture and pain of the break, but also the emotional pain of the breakup at the time. Now, my client had a memory. She remembered that scene. She remembered that instance. And she had a little aha moment. And she said, you know what, I'm going through a breakup right now with my partner of 10 years. And I said, well, when did that happen? She said about a month ago, just before the tendonitis flared up. Wow. <laughs> exactly. So this is what bodies do. We hold on to Uh, these sorts of impactful moments in our lives and they can flare up or reoccur or show up in some different way. This happens over and over again. This is what medical intuitives can really see. Now, so the breakup in the present, you know, flared up as tendonitis in her wrist with this earlier experience. So here's what's interesting about this particular case report. All that is really fascinating and very typical of a medical intuitive session the way I practice and I teach. Her body had something else to show me, her wrist did, and that was a scene from uh, about five years old that she was holding that arm, that same wrist up for protection in front of her face. Uh, she was in a dark closet, I could kind of get a sense of the clothes around her, and she was protecting herself and a cane was hitting her, striking her right on that wrist in that same spot. And there was a lot of heavy emotion and pain and grief there. It looked like a, a mother was, you know, hitting her. A woman looked like a mother. And she stopped me and she said, my mother was mentally ill. She used to beat me with her cane and lock me in a closet. Oh, my. Wow. Yes. So her wrist was really, her body was holding on to a lifetime of pain and grief and trauma that had been reactivated by this current life experience. So there was a lot of information for her. Now, the next thing that I look for, of course, is what does the body need to heal uh, and what is it asking for? And her wrist had a lot to say. It mostly said this is really an emotionally based issue for her. Uh, but I did look at the rest of her body and there were some digestive issues that, you know, from the stress of this that were being activated. I saw that her sleep patterns were being interrupted and there was a few other things going on that were related to this. Um, but her body said, her wrist really said, look, this is a, needs some emotional processing. And that's where we left the session. Um, now with clients, I tend to you know check in on them and see how they're doing. And I called her a couple of days later and I asked her how she was. And it, she said the wrist is back to normal. It is if it never happened. You know, the pain was gone. She said she was able to process the emotions of the current breakup. She felt more calm. She felt more centered. She understood what was going on. And that was a major shift for her because she was really suffering for that whole month. Now, this is, you know, it, medical intuition may or may not affect some sort of, you know, spontaneous remission, <laughs> but in her case, it did because it really just wanted to be recognized as an emotionally based trauma that was that was causing this physical imbalance.
1: Let's take a break. And when we come back, <laughs> let, let, let's touch, you know, stitch these two pieces together, the correlation between these traumas that we have throughout our life, you know, going back yes. from childhood to, to yesterday and how the body does store all that and can make us sick if we don't sort of reconcile those things that have happened to us. To learn more about the work of my guest today, Wendy Coulter, please visit com on Facebook, The Practical Path. And also you can find Wendy on LinkedIn at Wendy Coulter. And Wendy is W-E-N-D-I-E. Here comes the break. We'll be right back. And that is a promise. Hang on just a sec. Before we pause, let's give a shout out from Mental Health Awareness Month and get real about the importance of a sound body and mind for a happy life. Taking care of our mental health should not be a luxury, but a self-care necessity. And that's why I'm proud to be partnered with Talkspace Online Therapy, and a client. 2020 was a doozy of a year, and thankfully, 2021 holds positive things on the horizon. It's time to take what we've learned from the past, Turn the corner and move forward. And online therapy can help us jumpstart a shift in perspective, teach new tools to cope in difficult times, and be a guiding light in the stormy seas of life. And that's why I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace. Therapy can help catalyze change and positively improve your relationships, your career, and your overall happiness. Talkspace lets you send and receive text, video, and voice messages to your dedicated therapist on the Talkspace platform. And they'll engage with you five days a week. Best of all, Talkspace is a fraction of the cost and more convenient than in-person therapy. It's like having your own on-call mental health angel. And Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform that has thousands of licensed therapists trained in more than 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. Talkspace is a private and secure HIPAA-compliant platform that uses the latest end-to-end bank-grade encrypted technology that provides a secure virtual space to talk it out with your therapist from the comfort and privacy, wherever you are, whenever, and for whatever is on your mind. Feeling seen, heard, and understood always makes us feel better. And as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace, To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code HAPPINESS to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's HAPPINESS and Talkspace.com. Now let's take a quick pause.
0: To learn more about cultivating sustainable well-being at home and the office, visit HarvestingHappiness.com and explore Lisa's experiential on-site brain fitness workshops, corporate programming, and speaking engagement services
1: welcome back we're continuing the conversation with wendy coulter you are learning about medical intuitives where divine insight and medicine meet let's get back to the conversation wendy you told us an incredible story before the the break and i want to just circle back to the relationship between traumas that we witness or endure throughout our lifetime. And we all have them. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's true. Everybody can say, oh, I've had, a, you know, sort of a storybook life or the white picket fence life. And that may be true, <laughs> but there are also things that happen to us as part of being alive that get stored on a cellular level within the body. And I would love for you to talk about the relationship between those events and the ailments that we as humans seem to collect as we go through our lives. Yes.
2: Well, you know, as I mentioned, looking at a little movie of someone's lifetime, <laughs> as a medical intuitive, that's part of the skill set. And so we can pick out and discern when events happen in someone's life that are impactful. Now, from your perspective in psychology, you're very familiar, I'm sure, with adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. Yes. And the, <laughs> Yes. And, you know, what's really funny is that, you know, medical intuitives have been seeing this core correlation for however long there have been medical intuitives, decades, centuries, whatever. But when science catches up with it and says, yes, we see a correlation between early life trauma and adult um, illness like cancer or respiratory issues or diabetes or not just behavioral but also physical issues, the, the research is showing this very direct line now that, frankly, medical intuitives have been seeing forever. So it's, it's wonderful when science catches up with what we are already looking at. And we see the very direct correlations.
1: So when we talk about adverse childhood events, um, mm-hmm. we we do all have them, and the the case that you just shared with us really illustrates that vulnerable wrist of this woman, going yes. back to her childhood and that being the vulnerable spot for her throughout mm-hmm. her life.
2: Correct, and uh, that is not uncommon. That absolutely happens. Uh, For people and and you know illness can be quite a mystery, and medical Western medical science only has certain ways to look at it, Uh, you know through medications or treatments or surgeries or whatnot, all of that is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it really does not address the origins of issues. Uh, And this is what medical intuition does so well. We look at the underlying drivers, the root causes uh, from the physical perspective, but also the emotional, mental, and even spiritual perspective. And this is what makes, you know, people throw around the term, Lisa, holistic medicine. Uh, What is holistic medicine? (laughs) I honestly can't think of anything more holistic than looking at it from all of those
1: perspectives. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I've had my own experiences where when I look at what's going on, and I can s- cite a very simple example. When I was finishing graduate school, I had a terrible case of Graves' disease that it just mm. really flared up. And one of my practitioners said, you know, where are you not speaking your truth? And mm-hmm. it, it startled me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. Whoa. Okay, and and I went looking in that direction, and the healing was slow, but it did happen when I started to look at these other holistic aspects of my life, just not the performance or overperformance of my thyroid.
2: Yes, well, you know, there's a real. Um, first of all, thank you for sharing that because th- th- it really helps to hear those kinds of stories. People. People who have made the correlation, who understand the mind-body connection, this is what we need to bring forward because this is so true. (laughs) The mind and the body are absolutely connected. And again, that's where medical intuition will look uh, to see what's going on for people. And it really, when things are a mystery for people with their health, this is where medical intuition can really shine. Well for any
1: eye rollers out there and there may be a few of you <laughs> that are going, "Oh god, oh jeez." <laughs> I'd love <laughs> please tell us about some research that you're involved with because I know that you are connected to a couple of really heavy hitters in the world of research and medicine that you work alongside with and I'd yes. love to you know for our listeners to understand just how serious this is in a good yes. way. <laughs> <laughs> well, how how valid
2: it is, perhaps. Yes. because uh, So here's the deal. I went back looking for research on intuition in healthcare and in medicine. And there is a huge body of research, tons of literature on how intuition is used in medicine. Now, you wouldn't know it. The average person wouldn't know it. And the average doctor would probably consider it a very taboo subject. But believe it or not, Uh, Doctors are told to trust their gut feelings, trust their hunches, so are nurses. And whether or not they are free to talk about it in the medical environment is another story. But believe it or not, there is loads of research on PubMed and other places to go look for this. So when I looked for it, I saw this, but I didn't see anything about medical intuition specifically, which is a very specific skill set. Uh, there are very, very few studies that have been done on this um, very randomly over the years. And I decided with my graduates who are working in the field uh, in healthcare as medical intuitives, I decided it was time to create a pilot study. <laughs> and I did it myself with my students, and I worked with some researchers down in San Diego to come up with a good pilot study format. And here's what we came out with. We just... Ended this uh, last year, Uh, we came out with a 94% accuracy rate for the medical intuitives in the location and evaluation of a subject's primary health issue. Now, let me back up and say, we had 67 subjects. We had five of my certified graduates, and these were blinded sessions. The medical intuitive had no idea what the person was coming in with. Uh, They were actually done remotely. So much of it was done without, there were no visuals. My, My students also keep their eyes closed mm. in the process. So there's no visual cues either. So these results were, you know, notable for this reason alone. Uh, we had again ninety four percent accuracy rate in location and evaluation of their primary healthcare issue with no intake at wow. all. Wow. We had <laughs> yes I know and here's another one people don't like 100% accuracy rates but we had 100% accuracy rate in secondary healthcare issue again with no intake no information we had a 98% accuracy rate for probable or possible life experience in other words the respondents had to fill out a form and they said you know they they agreed or strongly agreed or disagreed that the medical intuitive described life experience that was probable possible or actual so we had 98 percent accuracy there which we were thrilled to get uh we also asked um How many people had a known medical diagnosis from their healthcare provider? And uh, we asked for their consistency. About half, 49% of the respondents had a known medical diagnosis. Of those, uh, we had a 94% accuracy rate with consistency with that medical diagnosis. So we were... Over the moon, thrilled with these results. Um, there were more questions besides. All of that information is actually on the Practical Path website, and people can review it. I gave that info, you know, all that data, to a good friend and colleague of mine, Dr. Paul Mills, who is he's the director of a research center at the University of California, San Diego. He's also director of research for the Chopra Center and uh, one of the professors of family medicine at the University of California, San Diego. And I, I sent him all this data. And I said, what do you think? And he said, well, I think it's time for the very first gold standard empirical data study on medical intuition. He Yay. said, clearly, <laughs> I know, the first one ever. And we're thrilled. We're actually in the process, uh, Lisa, of fundraising for this. So people can go to my website and learn more. And this will be, I think, a pretty groundbreaking study uh, based on this pilot data uh, that was so wonderfully and remarkably right on. I mean, honestly, I knew we had anecdotal evidence that was quite accurate, but to see it, you know, in this way, it was just very gratifying.
1: Oh, I, I I can imagine. We're nearly out of time. And I wanted to just touch upon a little bit of your story because you uh, recognize that you were intuitively gifted from an early age. And I would love for you to share just a little bit about that before we go.
2: Well, sure. Let me just say that everyone is intuitively gifted. Yes, the, Yes,
1: we are. We, if we, if we just don't realize it. <laughs> Correct.
2: And uh, I do a lot of when I do my speaking and talks, I talk a lot about that because intuition is actually very well recognized in our society. We just don't call it that. So I had an understanding of myself as intuitive from a young age because I could discern if people were feeling well or feeling ill or something. It was just sort of a natural thing thing that I developed over the years. I also had a wonderful experience of being able to heal myself of a little tumor. And my healing story is very similar to other people's healing stories where we used our mind to make an effect on the body. And that, along with, you know, sort of years of study and and interest in all of this, kind of developed my medical intuitive skills. But I I will say that I am not unusual um, in that. Uh, I consider medical intuition to be a skill set like any other. In other words, if you want to learn a new language, you would go to a school or you'd find a program and you'd study and you'd practice and you'd learn and you'd develop a language. It's the same thing with medical intuition. Uh, People don't think about it like that because our society has very little context for it. But it really does, it, it is very much like working a new muscle. And I have taught... Doctors, you know, physicians, uh, psychologists, um, nurses, people in allied healthcare, people in complementary alternative healthcare, and many of them are skeptics, as you should be. (laughs) And then when you learn the processes of it and learn the steps of it, really anyone can learn this and bring it into their practice for their patients and clients.
1: Wendy Coulter, thank you for joining us. Thank you for illuminating all of us on medical intuition, the research that is being done to really highlight its validity and efficacy as a tool in medical diagnostics. To learn more about Wendy Coulter and her work, please visit ThePracticalPath.com, on Facebook, The Practical Path, and on LinkedIn, you can find Wendy Coulter at W E N D I E. Coulter. Wendy, thank you. Come back because this is such an interesting <laughs> subject. Come back with more stories. We love I've stories.
2: I
0: got a million of them. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> thank I really you. appreciate it.
1: We're going to jump off for a quick break. We'll be right back. And that is a promise.
0: Did you know that happiness is actually good for your health? Happy people live longer, are more productive, and make better partners, parents, and professionals. Connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness. And follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for a daily dose of inspiration.
1: Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, we're talking about medical intuitives, where divine insight and medicine meet. My next guests are Professor Paul J. Mills and Reverend Tiffany Barsati. Reverend Tiffany is an internationally renowned medical intuitive spiritual healer and a clinician and researcher of subtle energy biofield therapies and energy psychology. She is a visiting scholar at the University of California at San Diego and Paul J. Mills is a professor and chief at the University of California at San Diego UCSD's Department of Family Medicine and Public Health. In addition, he is the director of UCSD Center of Excellence, for research and training in integrative health. He's also director of research for the Deepak Chopra Foundation with a focus on meditation and yoga within the context of traditional medical systems. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining me on the show today.
3: Thank you, Lisa. It's such a pleasure to be here with you.
1: Oh, it's wonderful. Let's describe for our audience a little bit about what medical intuition is and how people would typically access it. So
4: what medical intuition is, I, first of all, I believe that we all have our own innate knowing and our own intuition. And there are some people who you could say are gifted with an extrasensory awareness. And this perception allows for a further investigation with some training and Helping a person to see the things that might be a little bit more difficult for them to see themselves—it's—it's it's sometimes difficult to see ourselves it,
1: <laughs> objectively. <laughs> That's so true.
3: <laughs> yes. And typically, your know, medical intuition is dealing with an aspect of our body mind constitution that isn't readily understood in many circles not accepted in western medicine and I'm specifically speaking about the so-called biofield with its associated energy centers called chakras and so much information is actually stored within these energy centers and that's typically what a medical intuitive goes to to start gleaning information about the person medical intuitive will also read the physical body too and whatever organs need to be looked at that's all Part of it, but foundationally, the energy system is, say, even precedes uh, illnesses on the level of the body.
1: You recently co authored a paper, Paul, on medical intuition. And Tiffany, I think you were a contributor also to the paper. Talk a little bit about what was published and why it's so important.
3: Yeah, so this was a paper we published a few months ago in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine and it was a study uh, in collaboration with Wendy Culture at the Practical Path and Wendy in addition to being a medical intuitive also teaches medical intuition and this gets a bit to what Tiffany was speaking about a minute ago that some people do innately have more gifts on levels of intuitive perception but but also actually it can be it can be taught and people can unfold those gifts within themselves and have the ability to do this And and I'm saying that because the the research study we published, we used five of the medical intuitives that Wendy put through her very extensive training program, and we had them read about 70 or so patients at the UCSD medical system, as well as some other systems and also volunteers. And the medical intuitives basically at the front end of the session received only the person's name. Most of these were done online, so they couldn't really even see the person. They just got the name. They used the name to dial into the person's mind, body, energy system, wherever they were, and then went through a systematic reading, which focused on the questions of, what is this person's primary physical illness? What is this person's secondary physical illness? What is a life event that they had that led to or somehow helped them to incur this these physical modalities? So that that was the general design of the study and the findings were were quite outstanding in the sense that the medical intuitives had a 94% accuracy rate in identifying that person's primary physical illness.
4: Wow. They also had
3: yeah, also had a uh, 100% as far as identifying their secondary physical illness. And then they were also highly accurate, this was 98% in linking a past life event the person had to whatever their uh, physical illness is in that particular uh, setting.
1: Talk a little bit about that, because for some people, the notion of past lives or multiple lives is a stretch for them. And, you know, I would love for you to connect the dots a little bit about that and explain how this could possibly be.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, information is out there, right? And so when, first of all, let me just address the past life issue because there's, or not issue, but topic because there's, that can be triggering for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what I say immediately is to take off, whether it's in a person's worldview, in how they see life, the continuation of life or not, it, we come from a lineage. We, w- this is, You know, our family has its background, mother, father, grandparents, great grandparents, all the way on down the line. So, no matter how you slice it, we've been on Earth's recycling program for a few billion years. So, we've amassed a good amount of information just in that collection of our lineage. So it doesn't really require one to have the worldview of reincarnation or accessing past lives. Oftentimes that can be messy. I used to run a majority of my sessions beginning with past life because it's so powerful. But what I found is that many people need tools for now they need to, it's great to know the origins and it is definitely helpful to put all of that together, but that does not need to be limited to past life or anything necessarily related to that because it's triggering. So you don't want to undo the good work where you have brought something to the surface to heal and then er, you've just hit on somebody's like lack of belief about something and then it just undoes
3: the good work that you were intending to do. You know, indeed, if I could add to that, that in the paper, a lot of these uh, life events were really things in the person's immediate now lifetime. So, oh, uh, you have chronic pain, back pain. And then uh, the clairvoyant, the medical intuitive saw that they were in a car wreck at seven years old, for example. And that drove all these physical problems down the line. And that's what they were able to successfully read. And share with the person, even though they didn't know the person's life history. And that's just one example.
1: To me, having a medical intuitive on one's care team seems vital. You know, the more I read, the more I learn, because it's so hard for us to, you know, see clearly for ourselves, having an advocate in this way that does understand the body, you know, anatomy and medicine, can be vital in our healing journeys. Absolutely, Lisa. The
4: advantages are fantastic and the requirements are open-minded physicians to want to work collaboratively and in an integrative fashion. But uh, literally just a couple of days ago, I was having a consult with, it was a Zoom session with the physician and the patient and this was this is not a first time client but for me uh cuz so I knew her history and she went ahead and did something against the the guidance that she had received from from me prior but and then now we're in a position where we're having to fix things and it's really 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 life threatening right now for her oh and so and the amazing thing though is that uh, i believe she can turn it around but this is where the advantage is it's there the information is there but also people have to enact it they need to have be empowered enough themselves to, you know, have that courage that they can affect a change and to trust their own inner physician. And mm-hmm. that's a, a really key piece. And just to put closure on that that situation that I was just explaining, yes, it's still going on, but the physician felt, Also heard and seen because physicians have usually an amazing innate intuition themselves, but sometimes the mental aspects of their trainings or standard of care or needing to check this box or that box, et cetera, it limits them for the things that they can say legally or offer. And so having somebody on a team allows for more of a well-rounded whole person point of
3: view for care. I'd like to add to that, Lisa, just briefly, particularly the last part uh, Tiffany mentioned. What what I also think is so valuable, the whole person aspect, is that a medical intuitive, unlike most folks trained in the biomedical health sciences, have a deep respect for the human body. a, a kind of a mysterious appreciation of of how profound it is because they're also working on the level of the energy bodies they they see the vast realm of information and the lineage in that sense so I like working with the medical intuitive too for that point because just i 'm seen more as a, a spiritual entity in my totality i 'm not just a body with a symptom to be described, a pill or a, a surgery.
1: And it's it's funny because I was going to tap into what you just were saying about the spiritual care, that what I'm hearing about this process is it's uh, taking into account the mind, body, and spirit, seen and unseen.
3: Absolutely. Or visible
1: and yeah. invisible.
3: Very much so. And, you know, in, in Western medicine, we think of the mind as residing in the body, and particularly in the brain section, typically – but you know in biofield science and medical intuition you're actually seeing that that um the mind is actually out in the field itself many feet outside the body that that energetic space is where so many memories are stored including the good ones and the traumatic ones and it's what's going on in that energy field that over time slowly begins to impinge on what we're calling them the physical the material body and that's Uh, where a medical intuitive will often focus on for for answers.
4: Uh, Absolutely. One of the things that I always found so fascinating is how the information, this is still an area of research I want to do, and we need sensors to be able to do it. But how is it that the information that's in the field becomes active in the denser physical body? Because I I can see a person over time, like, okay, I I see a little wobble in the energy of the emotional body, and I'll explain that in just a moment. But that information that's there that's created a little wobble or a ripple effect in the biofield, if it's handled as close to that time event as possible, then it's better for the whole organism, for the whole body, and if it doesn't get handled, then later on, it's like, oh, we're learning same situation, different people, right? I think we've all been in situations yes. where, yes. oh, yeah, if, okay, I've been here before, and it's an opportunity. And so those little ripples, they hang out until there's closure, until the lesson, the thing is learned, the gold is extracted, that we've mined, you know, that we need to to gather
1: let's pause and come back and continue this conversation my guests today are Reverend Tiffany Barsotti and Professor Paul J. Mills we're talking about medical intuition to learn more please visit healandthrive.com on Twitter at healandthrive and on Instagram healandthrive with the number 11 healandthrive11 here comes the pause we'll be right back and that is a promise
0: who says money can't buy happiness Whether you are a skeptic or seeker, check out Lisa's new book. Are we happy yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, a boot camp manual for greater emotional fitness, is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Here's a truth bomb. Emotions are contagious, and happiness is a universally desired state. But we tend to forget that we all have the freedom to be happy or the liberty to be miserable each day, regardless of external circumstances. Explore the journey of human happiness, how to find it and keep it, with Lisa's documentary film, H Factor. Where is your heart? Visit harvestinghappiness.com to learn more.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: talking about medical intuitives with Professor Paul J. Mills and Reverend Tiffany Barsati. We're exploring where divine insight and medicine meet. Let's get back to the conversation. I want to just also say that during the break, we were talking about the collective trauma or the collective medical issue that the world is facing right now. We don't have to get into the whole story of the pandemic, but we can certainly address its effects on everybody. So I'm going to defer to the two of you to chat a little bit about this, because I see that that's where the opportunity for healing is at its greatest on the individual and collective level.
2: Mm.
4: Thank you for this topic as well, Lisa. You know, in addition to there being a biofield for individually, there's also a collective, you you know, Carl Jung spoke about the conscious collective uh, and I like to think of it. There's a biofield for all of humanity. And so we're in kind of lockstep with each other. It's amazing that, you know, what's happened around the world. And I think that when I look there the key word that comes up is confusion. And confusion, this is this is really an, an piece because cancer cells are confused. And when looking at a person's particular ailment or something like that that is going on, you want to get to the source of what's happening. Well, confusion is always coming from outside the self. And what the, the gift of this time is, is to learn to tap into our own innate intuitions and begin to trust ourselves more deeply and more reliably. Because there is so much noise out there. There's so much confusion. And I think it just adds to the unrest that, that people are feeling the unease. There's been so much. That has gone on financial, health wise, families, you know, there's nobody untouched by what's happening these days.
1: Yeah. And I would argue that that there's been sustained exposure, you know, while the pandemic is a year long or so, this unease out there in the world has been going on for almost a handful of years. Mm. So we're exhausted. (laughs)
4: That's <laughs> true. Yeah. And you know, there's also something known as compassion fatigue, you know, where yeah. we we can only hear so much stuff before you know that just becomes disjointed in our own experiences and um, Once again, finding the ground under your feet and getting back into things that that make the while all of there's there's so much unrest and confusion, there's also people really finding themselves. And on the opposite side of this is that there's there's a lot of healing going on. There's some where families have been torn apart and there's some where families have really come together. And this is an amazing thing. And it's it's all for our benefit. Uh, I'll say that. But we sort of have to ride this wave.
1: Well, we have to do the work, right? The, yes. the, the opportunity is there. And for many people, this, as difficult as it's been, it's also been a very fertile and creative time and a, a, a time for reflection and reevaluation and remaking one's life. I mean, that is the upside, certainly for a lot of people that I have come in contact with in spite of their hardships. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think it's important not to minimize the reality of people's um uh, physical, emotional, and financial hardships.
3: Yes, we we've seen the same thing with our circles of friends and family members.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Tiffany, you mentioned that you have all the clairs, and I would love for you to describe what that means, and how being able to tap into one source or intuition, is it something that only certain people can do or can we train ourselves to um, elevate our abilities? I think it's very trainable.
4: And uh, I just came in with uh, extrasensory perceptions that I didn't really want. And I think for a five, six, seven year old, when, the, when oftentimes these sort of gifts, quote, unquote, come online it's way too much information. It's overwhelming. And as a child, you always feel like everything is your responsibility. Like, you know, it's my fault that this is happening. And, And so I did a really good job shutting it all down. And then I had to wake back up to it and just, you know, I've, I've definitely been on the reluctant healer path. I didn't want this job. I was trying to <laughs> get away from it. <laughs> so, you know, just coming around in to honor these gifts, the, that now I see them as gifts. And it's taken some work to cultivate them, to bring them back online, because I did such a good job shutting them down. Mm. So it is to- totally trainable, though. I I see where... And Paul can, uh, Wendy Coulter is the author on the paper with Paul and she's a dear friend and we work together and she teaches this gift, this medical intuition, this skill, and it is very teachable. And Paul can even speak to some of his experiences that he had in the class and it is very learnable. It's fascinating.
3: Paul, I'd love to hear some of the the stories. Sure, happy to. I, I think a, a backdrop to that, as Tiff said, is we all innately have these capabilities, but it just depends on how we were socialized, grown up, or our attentions placed on them. And was it cultivated or was it shut down, as Tiff was explaining in her situation? For me, through the course of my lifetime, I would intermittently have flashes of insights. I'd see an image around a person's body. I thought it was important, but I would never know how to get back to it, to see it, to try to query it and understand what I was seeing and what does that have to do with that person's state of well-being or lack thereof. So, yeah, well, we met uh, Wendy and she invited us to take the course and, and I did take it. It was valuable for me because I learned through Wendy's course a very systematic way of doing a reading of a person, a medical intuitive reading. Uh, for me, I, I'm better on the clairvoyant side than say the clairaudience side. So I'll see the images and then you just pose a question and then the information relevant to that image comes forth. It's just heard and understood inside the mind. Wow. Yeah. and, And the medical intuition, uh, generally it's looking at the energy body as we've said, but also looking at the physical body. And for me, I found I'm, I have a more of a propensity to do well with the energy body, and I don't have as much confidence on the physical body. Perhaps that's all my biomedical training and just, uh, you know, worried I'd make a mistake on that level, uh, sharing information. But on the energy body, very confident. And uh, I've enjoyed being able to utilize these skills since those, uh, those courses I took with her, with Wendy. I'm going to
4: pepper something in here if that's okay when we were getting ready to to be with you today, Lisa. I was reminding Paul about that experience when they were learning the physical body because it's so it's the densest part of of our you know life our physical life, and he came home so wiped out. Like, and, and I think Wendy speaks about this as a, as a general because it takes so much more energy and concentration to go into those places when it's not your natural place and, you know, your natural way of perceiving. And then it will start to ease up and become just second nature and it doesn't have to zap you but in when we're learning these uh, learning the ropes so to speak there's going to be times where you are going to have to go through that as as that process of learning
1: for one to take charge of one's own healing i think there needs to be and correct me if i'm wrong but from everything that i've read and studied uh, an inherent belief that healing is possible, that the belief itself is as important as the treatment.
4: Absolutely. Master Jesus, Yeshua, whatever you may refer to as the Christ, before he would conduct a healing, it's noted that he would say, do you believe? Yeah. And I think, and and I ask, is there a willingness for healing a, around whatever it is that is going on for a person? It's an energetic question as well as a, a literal question that you ask, and you want feedback from a person. Do you believe? You, and I've had people tell me no. Yeah. And and, and so that's a little bit um, a rougher ride for them, you know. To, <laughs> <Do> you think
3: <laughs> to help them find it. To, yeah. yeah.
4: We can usually find a breakthrough in that that just takes a little bit more work. But, you know, this this then touches upon worthiness and the core human wound, which is yeah. not good enough and not lovable. And, you know, these are all things that we're here surmounting. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and the, the psychological material, right, that, that our mental health or our, our mental baggage is as much a part of this equation as the the physical ailments. Absolutely. I find
4: it's the key because if I'm not able to help a person be able to see, even if I see very clearly, I don't oftentimes just give a person that information because I find that that's disempowering. I want to ask questions to be able to help a person come to their own insights and their own awareness so that they feel empowered in their own healing journey. Yes. If there's a life life threatening situation or something, you can still use medical intuitives to be able to say, you you know, don't operate there, operate over here. You know, that's, that's a different um, thing. But when we're talking about the emotions There's always the need, I find, there's no exception to this in my history of doing this and certainly in my studies of speaking with many other people along these lines, that if we don't get to the emotional root cause, it's likely to come back. And Mm. that's a real key. And there's layers, there's layers to healing. And, you know, there's like, you know, I've said to myself many times, like, oh my gosh,
1: that again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Many of us can relate.
4: Yeah, it's just how it goes. Yeah. It's
1: okay. Yeah. Same character, different name. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Both of you have talked about positive psychology and its emergence from the field of behavioral medicine. And what we do know about positive psychology and what we do know about elevating our life satisfaction comes from our perspectives and our actions. And I'm wondering how it relates. Well, I'm not, I'm not wondering. I have a hunch it relates, but how you would describe its relationship to the healing process and being our own best doctor or healer.
3: Okay. I'll take this one. Uh, th- there There's so many approaches to describe this. And yes, uh, the field of positive psychology as we know it, uh, did grow out of the field of behavioral medicine, which is a field I spent several decades training in. And the emergence of positive psychology out of behavioral medicine, for me personally and and many other scientists and also just the rest of us, we're really grateful for it because early on, the fields of behavioral medicine, psychosomatic medicine, all it emphasized was the adverse effects of things such as depression and anxiety, and stress, and, and that's that's the messaging, that's all you hear, and that's that kind of drags our psyche down over time. When the field of positive psychology came along and started speaking about, well, what about the effects of gratitude, and compassion, and love, and social support? Well, that's such an uplifting question in and of itself, and then of course the research, as well as all of our personal anecdotes in our lives, just showed how valuable and support of all these, we could call them traits of our soul if we'd like, or just psychological attributes that from multiple angles help support our health and well-being. And, and in reference to your question too, Lisa, there are many, many studies out there already showing the not only psychological or psychospiritual benefits of these practices, but also just basic health practices of the cells, helping the body, the cardiac functioning, inflammation in the body. For example, from the practice of gratitude, which is some of the research we've contributed to the literature.
1: And the reduction of inflammation in the body, which then boosts the immune system and reduces health risks, physical health risks.
4: I have a thing that I must insert here. Please. That it has to do with Paul's research on gratitude and what he found in the reduction of inflammation with this, this cohort of people. Please speak to It's in,
3: incredibly powerful. Well, we did some research uh, with individuals who have heart failure, and that's been a, a theme of my research for the last couple of decades, different variations of cardiac disease. Heart failure is considered an end stage of cardiac disease. So we enrolled a handful of patients in a gratitude intervention, where they learned how to keep a gratitude journal, and they kept it for eight weeks. And we followed those patients before and after the eight weeks of journaling, as well as a group of uh, waitlist patients. And those who had done the gratitude journaling, as Tiff was just referring, they had, yes, they had, you know, increases in the amount of gratitude and less depression, and they slept better. But on the physical level, relevant to their heart failure itself. They had very highly significant reductions in the circulatory inflammatory biomarkers, as well yeah. as their cardiac function itself improved as a result of just keeping the gratitude journal. So this uh, is it, it's, it's a very transforming practices. That's, that's, I think, one of the great gifts of positive psychology. It's just reorienting our minds away from just ruminating about all the problems and the negatives. And it's taking our mind to embrace and enrich ourselves with all the good, basically, that's in the world and how we can see it and cultivate it in ourselves and each other.
1: And no matter where we are, we can always find a tiny bit of upside, we can always find something that is right with life. And I think that's what I find so powerful about positive psychology interventions is that, you know, wherever you find your mind, you will find yourself.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love that. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so uh, it's, it's very empowering to us as individuals to know that we have this ability to um, to master our lives in some way, because so much of the external is out of our control. Yes,
4: absolutely. In, in fact, there's a a course that I teach on the drama triangle, which is victim, rescuer, persecutor, and, you know, getting off of that as a life mission. And I say anecdotally, it learned to say thank you, not F you.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think it was at Robert Emmons that did a lot of the early research on the power of gratitude maybe 15 years ago, or maybe it's even more by now.
3: He yeah. sure did. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's been the editor in chief of the Journal of Positive Psychology uh, for many, many years. Yeah.
1: He's a gem. He's been with us before. We're out of time. But that just means you'll come back, I hope, another time and hang out more and explore this more deeply. I want to guide our listeners over to your website, healandthrive.com. On Twitter, also that handle is at healandthrive. And on Instagram, healandthrive with the number 11. My guests today have been Reverend Tiffany Barsotti and Paul J. Mills. You are welcome anytime. This is such an interesting topic to me. Uh, well, we feel the
4: same way, Lisa. Thank you so much. And for all of us, let's just trust ourselves and trust our own inner knowing these days. Yeah.
1: Thank and, you. So <laughs> so and so be it.
3: So it is. <laughs> so it. Yes. Thank you, Lisa, for Thank having me. This is Lisa
1: cypress Cayman and my guest today, Wendy Coulter, Professor Paul J. Mills and Reverend Tiffany Barsati, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Go out and rock your day.
0: Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime and anywhere from the comfort of wherever you are. Subscribe, listen, and share hundreds of downloadable episodes via our free app or from our libraries at toginet.com, iTunes, Google Play, and other fine podcast platforms. To learn more about Lisa's global consulting services, please visit harvestinghappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness is produced in collaboration with TogiNet Radio, KBUU Radio Malibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.